Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today on the show, we have Drew Adams. Drew graduated from Penn State University. He was a three-time ECAC Goalie of the Year and an honorable mention All-American his senior year. He started every game of his career while at Penn State. He was team captain his senior year, and he holds the all-time save record at Penn State University with 694 career saves. He's been a four-time MLL All-Star. He was Goalie of the Year in 2011, 2012, and 2015. He won an MLL championship in 2015 with the New York Lizards and a silver medal on Team USA in the 2014 World Games. Drew and I were teammates for a short time on the Lizards. He and I got to talk about a range of topics like learning through trial and error, gaining confidence in the goal, efficiency, dealing with setbacks, and much more. Here's my interview with Drew Adams. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited uh, I'm excited to have you on, but let's get started as I always do. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? Um, yeah, so I got started playing uh, in, I guess, third or fourth grade. I grew up uh, in, in Springfield, Pennsylvania, um, a town outside of Philadelphia, and uh, I, I was playing other sports at the time. Um, my main sport, uh, at that point being a young kid was, was soccer. And, um, the coach that I had, um, for, for a few seasons who kind of followed my team up from when we were, you know, maybe in first grade and, and uh, onward in soccer, he introduced us all to lacrosse in, in third or fourth grade. So basically mm-hmm. took the, took the soccer team and said, Hey guys, you got this other sport in town. You know, I think you guys should come and give it a try. So he he kind of led the uh, the migration um, from from our group of friends who were all playing soccer in, into lacrosse, and we all stuck with it and, and continued on to play from that point. Hmm. So uh, how did you how did you end up in goal? Uh, well, I played uh, some hockey growing up and was a goalie in, in hockey. And when I first started playing lacrosse, I, I played a, a bunch of different positions none of none of them being goalie I, I played some attack it's a midfield right. and had always kind of wanted to get in goal but the opportunity never presented itself we had always you know had another goalie or two on the team and mm-hmm. you know I, I was doing relatively well as a midfielder and an attackman and I was, was having a lot of fun and then um you know in about eighth grade our goalie uh went down he, he had an injury broke his collarbone uh in the beginning of the season and uh, we didn't have a backup at that time. So, you know, it was one of those, those classic moments where, you know, coach brings everyone in and basically says, you know, raise your hand if you, you know, you want to be the goalie for the season. And uh, <laughs> since it had, had been, uh, you know, something I wanted to try out anyway, I, you know, I raised my hand and I, I jumped in and, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I didn't, didn't, you know, really come easily to me at first. It was, uh, you know, different than hockey. You know, there are a couple, you know, similarities between the two. But, um, you know, I, I just ultimately realized that that was what I wanted to be playing. And uh, after that eighth grade season, once I, once I moved into high school, I, I focused on uh, just playing goalie full time. Right, right. And so at what point did lacrosse become the sport that you thought you wanted to, you wanted to take to the next level, that you started taking it more seriously? Well, I, I started taking it seriously in, in middle school along with a few other sports. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was playing lacrosse, uh, I was playing soccer, and I was still actually playing baseball at the time as well mm-hmm. and trying to balance, uh, you know, playing club baseball 
playing, you know, lacrosse more year round. And then soccer was the fall. I mean, this, this was 2000, you know, this was, you know, 2000, 2001, um, mm-hmm. right around that time. So, you know, that, that, uh, the, the shift hadn't really, really occurred yet where, you know, lacrosse had become just a year round sport for everyone. Right. So you were still able to manage, you know, playing a few, a few sports at, at that point. And it was, mm-hmm. it was encouraged often. Yeah. So, you know, I, tr- I tried to, you know, really, you know, be me, be a multi-sport athlete. Uh, I was enjoying all the sports, uh, that I was playing at that age. And then mm-hmm. in high school, I just realized that, you know, the, there was only so much time in the day, so much time in the week. So I, I had to make some decisions on what I wanted to pursue moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had had some early success in lacrosse. I was having the most fun playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. My friends were all, you know, choosing lacrosse. So ultimately decided to, you know, really make that the focus and, and played lacrosse and soccer uh, in high school and ended up actually, you know, towards the end of high school, just focusing on lacrosse. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so who were some of the, who were some of the players that you looked up to um, as a goalie while you're playing lacrosse? Yeah, well, the, you know, the first guys I looked up to weren't goalies. They were guys that uh, were just older guys in, in town in Springfield. You know, mm-hmm. we we have a pretty good tradition here um, and have, have produced a lot of really good players. Um, you know, so as a kid, you know, uh, in, in middle school is probably the, the, you know, my earliest memory of this, but we used to go and, and watch the high school games. We would go and, and watch the local games. And, you know, the, the high school players were like the guys that we looked up to at first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there were a handful of guys, um, you know, that had went on to, to play Division One schools. Um, uh, Kyle Sweeney, who, uh, you know, was actually my teammate for a number of years and is now one of my, my close friends, was a guy that I, I looked up to when I was, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remind him of that often. So he knows <laughs> that, uh, he, you know, Still much older than I am. Um, uh, Kevin Keenan, who was the goalie who played at Penn State, went from Springfield to Penn State. He was he was the first goalie, you know, from my hometown that I really looked up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those were the first guys, you know, the guys that were just in our hometown that lived down the street, you know, that was that were you know kind of paving the way for the younger players. Uh, right. And then as I got older, um, you know, I the, the, you know I started to follow the game more closely just outside of our, our small town. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I looked up to guys like Brian Doherty. Um, I, I remember watching uh, the championship game in 2013 at, U- at UVA when um, uh, Tillman Johnson was the goalie, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you you played in that as well, I believe. Uh, yeah, um, that's that's correct. Yeah. That's yeah. And <laughs> Tillman was basically but I, standing on his head making <laughs> saves. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember where I was watching that game. So that was uh, you know, I, that was like a, a pivotal moment for me, you know, I I 2003, I you know, I was starting high school and sophomore in high school. So that was mm-hmm. like that game for me that was like, man, this is this is cool. Like I right. want to be this guy. Um, <laughs> right. and so he was he was uh, influential for me as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a goalie in, in in high school, you know, like what are some of the things that you do uh, to get better, you know, for attackmen, midfielders, you know, the, the defensemen, you go to the wall. Is it the same thing with goalies or, or what were some of the things that you did, uh, to get better? Well, I think you, you can break it into a few different categories. I think, uh, everything that you do on the field is, is important. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting out there and actually physically working on your position, your craft and, and seeing shots and, and working on different, um, you know, just kind of uh, different uh, styles of play to to figure out, you know, what, what's going to work best for you is important. And, you know, ultimately, you know, that's going to be very beneficial. But for, for me as a young goalie, I think watching other guys um, when I wasn't playing was, was probably what helped me the most. Um, it got me excited to, to go and try things on, you know, myself. I would watch older guys play and then go try to replicate what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it helped it helped me understand the position a little bit more and, and realize the influence that it had on the on the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as a young guy, I was just man, I was just excited to go and play. Um, and a lot of that started with just you know watching the game as well and, and seeing how the guys that I looked up to were doing it and wanting to be like them and, and try what they were doing on the field. Right? Can you so get a little bit more specific? Like, what were you looking at? What were the things that you were trying to replicate when you watched, say, like a Tillman Johnson or somebody else in goal? 
Yeah, well, you know, every every goal is unique. Um, you know, there's it's not like a perfect science to playing our position. You know, there's there's a, you know a hundred different ways to be successful. Um, so as a as a, a young goalie, I was just absorbing absorbing as much as I could from everyone as I could, and just trying it myself and seeing what ultimately works best for me. So, like an example of that would be you know maybe the way Tillman Johnson had his hands on a stick. You know, some guys keep them a little bit closer together, some guys have them a little bit further apart, or the way they step to the ball, or the way they communicate. Um, or how wide their feet are, how they bend their knees. I mean, you could, you could, you know, break it down to, you know, a really micro level and little intricacies that each goalie has. Right. Um, and that's, what's cool because, you know, you can, you can always kind of be, be tweaking your style to figure out what's, what's going to work best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I realized is I, I tried, you know, as many different things as I could and then realized, you know, kind of what style played to my strength. So every, every player's got different strengths, different weaknesses. So, you know, I, I think at an early age, I was kind of able to identify what my strengths were. And then I kind of built my style around, you know, what was going to help, you know, help me promote those gotcha. uh, and then kind of hide, hide my weaknesses. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So it was a lot of, it sounds like it was a lot of trial and error for you uh, in some sense, right? You're watching somebody, yeah. you're saying, you know, let me try this in the goal, see how it works. And if it doesn't, you're dropping it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I had the benefit of having some really good coaches, mm-hmm. guys that, you know, were, were open to me kind of trying new things, mm-hmm. you know, and because uh, anytime you try something new, there might, you know, there might be, there's a learning curve. Uh, you know, it, it's not like you, you know, say, oh, I'm going to do this. And the next thing you know, you're an expert at it. You know, there's, right. there's, <laughs> it takes time to, to perfect anything. So, you know, my coaches were supportive. Um, and I was just passionate about doing it. You know, I would try a lot of things, you know, in the backyard, just messing around with my friends where, you know, it didn't matter if they were scoring goals or not. We, you know, we're throwing tennis balls at each other or something, right. um, you know, just, just messing around. Um, you know, so like, I, I feel like, uh, I had my stick in my hand a lot and, you know, a lot of the things I was, you know, kind of experimenting with were happening, you know, not at practice or during a game, but you know, in that free time, uh, on weekends before, after practice, where I was just, you know, messing, messing around with my friends, you know, having fun and kind of working on different things. Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, so in high school as a, as a goalie, which is an incredibly competitive position, um, how did you get noticed as a high school player? What did you do to stand out? Um, you know, I didn't really have like a, a strategy, you know, I, when I was in high school, you know, freshman year, I mean, all all I could really think about was just was just playing and having fun. Like there was never at that point in my career, like any thought of, hey, I need to be doing this or going to this event to to get seen by this coach. Like right. I, I just, not that there's anything wrong with that, and the game's changed a lot, but that just wasn't my thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just playing because I loved to play, and um, you know, if someone saw me play and had good things to say about me great and if if not you know i wasn't losing sleep over it um but you know being at the school i was at we you know had a competitive schedule in the area you know we got the we got to play some good teams from down here and there were coaches um you know at our games at times recruiting the older players Mm -hmm. so we had a few a few players uh, on my team when i was a freshman that um, were seniors, they, you know, went off. There were a few guys that played at Rutgers, kid that went to Drexel, kid that went to UPenn. Uh, Greg Renlian was a, a senior my freshman year who was going to Penn State. Mm-hmm. So there were coaches there watching them. And uh, not that I was getting any real playing time at the time, but, um, you know, <laughs> if I had been, that would have give, given them the opportunity to see me. Right. Uh, and then I was playing during the summer, too. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like it is now, but I was playing – um, with with Springfield during summer, mm-hmm. and uh, we would we would travel around and, and, and play in some of these tournaments and everything. And there was a club team down here that I I would play for uh, occasionally as well. So mm-hmm. I was just playing a lot of lacrosse with no real um, strategy around like what it was going to you know provide for me. It was just mm-hmm. hey, I, I love playing. You know, any opportunity to go and do it, let's let's do it. And you know that that was all I was thinking about as you know freshman in, in high school. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. So, so what made you decide on Penn State? How'd you end up there? 
Yeah, I, you know, I was, um, one gremlin went there and him and I had kind of like hit it off our friendship off as, uh, you know, teammates when I was a, a freshman, he was a senior at, at, uh, at Springfield. Um, I had my older brother went to school at Penn state. My uncle went to Penn state. It's three hours from, you know, my, my parents' house where I grew up. Uh, there were just a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, factors that, that made it a, a comfortable school for me to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a lacrosse perspective, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say I was a late bloomer, but I, I wasn't as confident in my abilities at the time as I was now, or I am now, um, you know, coming from a town in, in Pennsylvania and, you know, you, you hear stories about Long Island and Maryland and these places that just produce like these unbelievable, you know, players. Right. I, I remember going through the recruiting process and, and, you know, saying, oh, man, a school like uh, Virginia or Syracuse or, or some other schools that I had, I had looked at, uh, man, I don't know if I can play there. I don't know if I'd be good enough to compete for a spot. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately, uh, you know, I, I chose Penn State because I felt like it was a great place to play regardless of whether it was a great place to be regardless of whether or not I was going to play lacrosse. Um, and I also felt confident that I could go there and compete and you know, win win starting job early in my in my four years at school. Gotcha, gotcha. So that first semester at school, did you feel like it was a fit right away? Yeah, I did. I think um, you know I was familiar with the campus, and you know, moving into the dorms, I, I hit it off with my roommate, and our whole freshman class was great. Mm-hmm. The team was great. It was just a very welcoming environment. Um, you know, on, on the field, I, I felt, um, you know, I felt good. I, I was, I was playing, I was playing well. And, um, I had, uh, a coach, uh, Guy Van Arsdale, who was assistant at the time, who was a goalie himself, uh, you know, had a really successful career at Hobart. And, uh, it was nice just to have another goalie coach, um, or a goalie coach in general there being able to work with me individually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he was, he was very helpful for me you know, at an influential point in my career, your, your freshman year of college where, you know, you need someone that, you know, can look after you and kind of point you in the right direction. And a lot of kind of what I have uh, continued to do, I, I got from, from Coach Van Arsdale early in my, in my collegiate career. Mm-hmm. So what, what was that point you mentioned, you know, when you're, when you're coming from being a senior in high school to a freshman in college, um, you know, coming from Springfield, you might have some doubts about your confidence. You keep hearing about people from Maryland and, and Long Island. What was that point where your confidence sort of shifted and you started realizing, hey, I can do this? I think it was uh, it was probably in my senior year at, at Springfield, my senior year of high school. Um, I had a, you know, my coach at the time, uh, his name is Mike Creel. He's, he's since uh, moved on. Um, he's not coaching there anymore. But uh, he he was really influential on in just my confidence as a player. Um, you know, it's kind of just the language that he used to, to, to speak to the team. But me personally, um, you know, like for for me, there was never a doubt in my mind that he was supportive of what I was what I was doing. Um, and as a coach, he just gave me like a tremendous deal of confidence. Um, and it's something now as as I coach, I, I try to pass on. It's like. Maybe he didn't even believe it. I don't. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the way he he spoke, um, you know, he he just seemed like he he thought the world of me, and that you know I was going to be there. I was the goalie, and that kind of allowed me just mentally to feel a little bit more comfortable. And I think that resulted in me playing um, at a really high level my my senior year in high school, and um, you know was was able to uh, you know really just take I think take my game. I took a big step that year. And I think that that really helped me prepare for, um, you know, prepare for, for, for college lacrosse. Right, right. So were you not, you mentioned you weren't getting a lot of playing time, uh, you know, not to go backwards in time, but you mentioned you, you weren't getting a lot of playing time your junior year of high school. Is that correct? Uh, I freshman and sophomore year, I was splitting time with another goalie, not even splitting. I was, I was probably playing 30% of the time. And then right. my junior year in high school is when I took over as the starting goalie for the team. Gotcha. Gotcha. And did you start all four years while you were at Penn state? I did. Yeah. I started okay. all four years at Penn state. I think, um, I mean, I, I played almost every minute there. I think, you know, maybe five, five or so minutes. I didn't play over the cor- course of, of four years there. So. 
I got it. Saw a lot of rubber those those years. Right. <laughs> well, so the I mean, in a good, good way. Maybe you can still maybe you can still answer this question because you know what, what I'm curious about and what came to my mind when I heard that. Um, you know, you were uh, you weren't getting maybe a lot of playing time. I guess your your freshman and sophomore year. Um, how do you keep your confidence level up? Right, like for for a goalie, it's the only position on the field. Um, there's one goalie, right? If you're not that goalie, you're not going to play. Um, how do you yeah. sort of how, how do you keep your head up, right? How do you make sure that you know, or how do you sort of convince yourself, like, all right, next year is going to be the year? Yeah, I mean that that's a really that's a really good question. I think one, I accepted the fact that the goalie that was playing above me was also really talented. Um, you know, he was two years older than me. He was good, and I I didn't think me playing over him was like night and day. I didn't think you know that I I necessarily deserved it. Um, hmm. you know, so I was I was realistic. That, you know, I think that was the first thing. Right. Um, you know, and with that, at that point, I was. Uh, you know, the, the recruiting timelines have changed and stuff. But again, I, I wasn't even thinking big picture at that point. I was just really like, you know, every day going out and practicing with, you know, the best two hours of my day. Mm-hmm. And whether I was playing in the games or not, I, I, you know, not that I didn't care, but like I was still having so much fun and enjoying playing and spending time with the guys and being part of this program that kind of felt bigger than I did. And it was now part of something that I had watched for a long time. Just, just was really enjoyable and cool. Um, you know, so even though I wasn't getting, you know, starting every game or playing in the big games, it was, it was still just really special to be a part of for me because I had, um, you know, I just, I thought of the program so highly, uh, right. you know, and then during that time as well, I was working on myself. I was working on getting better and improving, you know, I was, I was, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but I was definitely staying, you know, coming early and staying late at that point. Um, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted the reps. I was just hungry to, to get better and to do, you know, whatever I could to, to improve my, myself individually, right. knowing that, you know, there, there's a guy above me that won't be there forever. And eventually this will, you know, be my position. And, uh, you know, I want to make the most of it when given the opportunity. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the commonality that I, that I keep hearing through all the players that I talk to is whenever I ask them, um, you know, whenever I ask them a question about like how they, uh, you know, w- when did they start thinking about, you know, playing at the next level? It, it's, it's, I rarely hear people who have planned, planned the whole thing out. Like nobody from, you know, second grade has said, well, second grade, I started thinking about playing lacrosse and I, you know, made it my goal to be a freshman on, on varsity. And then I knew that I was going to end up at Syracuse. Uh, everybody yeah. that I talked to has the answer that you just gave, right? It, it's, it's the people who really love playing the sport and are less concerned about the outcomes or the accolades or even necessarily the playing time are the people who end up, I think, being the best because they're playing it. They're playing it because they love it. They're not playing it to get to a certain outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. totally. You're, play, you're playing it for the right reasons. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with your surroundings as well. And, and my, my, my parents, um, you know, always, always, you know, made sure I was enjoying what I was doing. And mm-hmm. they, they never, regardless of whether, you know, in the back of their minds, they hoped that this would be, you know, an avenue for me to go to college. Um, you know, they, they never made it apparent to me, you know, it was right. always, you know, about going and playing and enjoying it. And, you know, I, even if they were thinking it, I didn't know it. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a very like innocent time for me. That's, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't have any agenda past, you know, just enjoying what I was doing at the time. Um, yeah, I think that allows you, it allows you to do a couple different things. One, it allows you to just play, you know, more loosely, which you're going to always play better when you're, when you're just playing loose, right. um, you know, with, without the added pressure of, oh, man, if I do this, this might, this might, this might be the time the coach is there and sees me give up this goal and I'm going right. to get, you know, cut from the list. You know, that, that didn't cross my mind at that point early on in, in high school. Right. Um, you know, that, and it also just allows you to stay fresh too. I think if, uh, if you're, if your your sights are, you know, too keenly set on, you know, the outcome, you know, this, this end game, uh, you know, the, the process just doesn't become fun anymore. And, right. um, y- you know, ultimately 
and I, I see it now, unfortunately, you know, guys just, they get burned out. Um, yeah. it's, it's not fun anymore. And it, 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 it turns what should be just a great game that, you know, could ultimately maybe, uh, provide a great, um, direction for them. It turns it into something that is, is just not enjoyable because there's, there's too much meaning put behind it, uh, right. uh, too early on. Right. It becomes, it becomes a job. It becomes an obligation. There's just so much pressure, unnecessary pressure that's put on you. Um, I think yeah. you're, I think you're right on. Um, but so, so let's get back to your time at Penn State. You know, you said you're you're working with Guy Van Arsdale. This is the you know it, you said it was, it was great to you know work alongside such a, such a successful goalie uh, and a successful goalie coach. Um, can you maybe talk? What, what were some of the things that uh, he did with you that helped you grow your games? And uh, I think you said leaps and bounds. Yeah, well, the biggest thing for me was um, he taught me about efficiency. And uh, I think as a goalie, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's, like I said earlier, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to play the position, but I do think there are a few like non-negotiables when it comes to, you know, if you really want to play the position at a high level and granted there's, there's, there's outliers that don't, you know, follow this at all and are incredibly successful, but you know, his idea about efficiency and just wanting to put yourself in a position prior to, you know, making a move to save a shot to do everything as quickly as possible. Um, you know, so he had, you know, just, he made subtle tweaks to the way I was positioned in goal that ultimately would make me, uh, more efficient and, 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 you know, move more quickly to make, you know, make a save, which ultimately resulted in making a lot more saves, especially as I played at higher and higher levels. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think there were things that there were things about my game that worked really well in high school, um, and might've worked in college, but certainly wouldn't have translated to, you know, playing in the MLL for as long as I have, um, right, you know, right. cause the guys are just way, 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 way too good. So right. I'm glad, you know, at an early point in my career, um, you know, I felt like I've been playing forever then, but you know, now in hindsight, it was, it was pretty early in my career. Right. Um, you know, he made some tweaks to my game that, you know, have helped me for, you know, for an extended period of time. And right. to that point, I, 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 I went through that learning curve. You know, he would change things up for me. I would go and try on and practice. And I definitely took a few steps backward before I, you know, took a leap forward. Right. Um, so that taught me, you know, not only was I learning, you know, new skills, but I was learning how to deal with the, you know, kind of the mental side of the other position as well and dealing with setbacks and understanding that, you know, you, you, there might be, you know, some, some bumps in the road along, along the way to, you know, whatever your goal might be. So, if you can, I know this might be tough, uh, especially over the phone or, um, you know, I guess verbally, but can you, can you talk about some of the specific or maybe one specific thing that, uh, you know, that, that he taught you that made you more efficient? Like, like give us an example about uh, something that he changed. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, and like it's very easy for me to uh, describe this when I'm face to face with someone. But I'll do my best, you know, over right. the phone. But just the way the way my arms were when I was in my position. So goalies have we call it the ready position. So mm-hmm. basically, before you got shoot on us, we're we're set in our position to attack the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was in high school, my arms were 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 very like almost locked. My elbows were almost locked. My arms were very um, like far extended away from my body. Right. Um, and I would, I would kind of play, you know, in that, in that, in that stance or start in that stance. And what he had me do is break, break, you know, break my elbows, bring my arms in closer to my body. So I was, I was basically starting at a point that I got to within my movement to begin with. So like, if you were to break it down on film, you know, and see all these little movements that we make as we go to make a save, I would bring my arms that would start locked out in front of me. I would bring them into my body and then I'd right. move them to go and make the save. So he basically just had me eliminate that step. Uh, gotcha. Instead of starting with my hands really far out, brought them in closer. So now when the shot comes, it's just one movement to the ball versus, you know, breaking the elbows, bringing them in, then moving them out. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a subtle change, but when you're talking about, you know, milliseconds between making saves and giving up goals, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Right. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, so one other thing that you, that you mentioned there is, uh, dealing with setbacks. It it just made me think about sort of the mental side of the game, which I, you know, is important anywhere, but I would imagine it'd be almost, 
it's most important with a goalie. Um, now you said that you learned how to deal with setbacks because you were, you know, you were essentially learning new skills when you were a freshman, a freshman in college. Um, if you can, can you, this might be a hard question to, to answer, but can you talk about um, how you developed that skill, right? Like how you learned to deal with, with setbacks or maybe what you learned about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think unfortunately the best way to learn how to deal with setbacks is, is by experiencing them. Mm-hmm. I think they're hard to learn or, you know, turn that into a, a strength if you, you haven't, you know, experienced them and kind of worked, worked through them before. Right. Um, so, I've, I've experienced more, you know, probably more setbacks, you know, throughout my career than successes, but I, I would always say that the, you know, the, the successes are, are, you know, outweigh the setbacks. Um, mm-hmm. so I think one, I, I got comfortable dealing with, with a setback. So I realized, you know, as a young kid, like you think something goes wrong you're having a bad game, bad practice, like it's the end of the world, right. you know, you won't bounce back from it, which it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. especially in our position where you have, you know, you really, in order to play um, at any level successfully, but especially at a high level, you have to be able to deal with, you know, the failure that's involved in the position, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a, on a, on a small and large, large scale. So I think that was like my, it was my introduction to like really being aware of needing to deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So in my career in high school, you know, sure. I had a ton of setbacks as well, but I don't think at the time I was really able to like, actually at the at the time understand that like hey this is something that's not going well like right. it's not going to last forever like let's move past it where like at that point in my career at Penn State and when I was you know going through you know kind of changing my style up a little bit adjusting the college lacrosse like I was prepared to get worse um you know mm-hmm. coach had said listen you're gonna probably get worse before this makes sense to you so right. like I almost prepared myself about for it beforehand um, you know, and then sure enough, it happened and he was right. I got stopped getting better. And, it, and I think that was like the point that I just started to get more comfortable, you know, dealing with, um, setbacks, failure, whatever you want to call it. Not that, right. not that I ever looked, you know, I never looked forward to it. I would love never to have to deal with, you know, any setback, but that's just not reality. Right. So, um, I think that, that little like that moment that few months where I was in, really embracing it knew it was coming kind of helped helped me you know kind of build my my you know mental interior for you know what was to come and um you know ultimately um you know really helped me push push through any down times that I had right right yeah it's amazing how much a a, a coach telling you like hey you're gonna make mistakes and that's okay can free up your mind space right I, I ironically yeah, yeah. Ironically, for me, it was uh, Mark Van, Mark Van Arsdale at Virginia. Who, oh man, must be his kind of brothers, man. They're good, <laughs> they're good guys. They're great coaches. Uh, Coach Coach Van pulled me aside. You know, I mean, I was having a tough couple of first weeks at Virginia, and uh, you know, he just I, I made yeah. a mistake. I made a drop to pass or whatever, and he pulled me aside and was just like, "Hey, you're gonna make mistakes. That's fine." nobody's going to remember them when you do something right the next play. So just calm yeah. yourself and be okay. And you'll get the next one. And it like, it yeah, completely that's, changed that's everything from there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great example. And, um, you know, any coach that listens and I know, uh, you know, as now a coach and spending a lot of time with coaches, oh, it's important to remember, like, you know, that, that, that's kind of the mentality that you should, you should, approach you know coaching with and right. um i think ultimately it'll lead to your players you know one you know enjoying playing for you a lot more when they don't feel like you know mistakes are the end of the world and two it's going to make them make them better players and ultimately better people because everything you learn in sports translate you know off the field as well right absolutely totally agree um so so let's move on uh to uh you know to you playing nowadays um you know Always curious about, you know, MLL players, uh, especially, you know, because you guys only meet up once or twice a week if you're lucky. Um, how do you work on your game nowadays? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's listen, it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, you know, the amount of time that I have my stick in my hand is, is probably de- 
de- well, definitely decreased, you know, year over year. Right. Um, but I, do, I feel like I've gotten to a point, not, I've gotten to a point that I know, regardless of whether I see a ton of shots during the week, that I can play at a certain level on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had the ability to, you know, be practicing every day like I did when I was in college, I think I would be playing better than I am. Um, but the reality is, you know, that's just not realistic, nor do I think at this level, my body could have physically been able to, you know, play in the MLL for 10 years if I was playing every day. Right. (laughs) Um, so there's a little, there's a little balance there as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of what I do now during the week is just, you know, to prepare mentally to play. I, you know, I watch more film now than I used to when I was younger. Mm. Um, you know, I, I try and, and be, especially as the game's approaching later in the week and on the weekends, just be be more mindful of like being in the present moment and, you know, really concentrating on the task at hand. So I think that is difficult. It was very difficult for me for a while and it still is. And I think for a lot of guys, because we have as an MLL player, so much going on. I mean, when you wake up on Monday morning, you're, you're, you're probably most, more than likely focused on something totally different than you were, you know, 48 hours ago when you're, you know, competing in a problem in a different city, halfway across the country, you know, playing <laughs> lacrosse. And then you wake up Monday morning and now you have to shift your focus to whatever your job, your family, whatever it may be. So I think, um, you know, being able to, when games approach now for me, just being able to really like focus in on those, um, you know, put the other things aside for that, for that time that I'm there and need to be, you know, giving my, my full attention to, to the task at hand playing is, has been really helpful for me. And it's been something I'd like practice more and more throughout my weeks, being able to like just focus on whatever I'm doing at the time and then move on to the next thing. And it can be challenging when you've got a lot going on. Um, and then just physically, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not seeing really any shots during the week anymore. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try and get really good, um, a really good warm up in the night before games and, you know, getting, getting the drills in certain situations uh, where I'm seeing good shots. So mm-hmm. I don't think I, there's a big difference for goalies between quality and quantity when it comes to the type of shots that you're seeing. So right. no goalie is ever going to get better by seeing just a high quantity of, of you know, unquality shots. Uh-huh. Um, I'd rather see a small amount of the type of shots I want to see where I have a chance to save the ball. Uh, which in the MLL can be difficult if it's like a four on three drill or something. And, right. you know, Rob, Rob Pinnell shooting from three yards away. He's probably not <laughs> going to save that in most cases. Right. Um, so I, I focus on seeing the right type of, of shots leading up to the game. Um, I mean, I have the best goalie coach in the world on the Wizards, Brian Doherty, who is another guy that I've looked up to forever and have mm-hmm. went to all his, you know, stuff uh, when I was, I was younger. So he's my coach now, which is just, you know, I'm very lucky. Um, that's been an awesome opportunity for me. So yeah, my, my prep has changed. Um, you know, it's a lot of mental prep that goes into it now, you know, less physical prep, but I, I think I found a good balance and one that'll, you know, allows me to continue to play well and, you know, play, you know, sustain the career that I have. So you mentioned, uh, you know, you do a lot of, uh, you do a lot of video work. What does that look like? What are you, looking at say you know if a game's on saturday how are you preparing for an upcoming opponent or how are you going back and reviewing how you played the previous game yeah most of my video i don't want to sound like uh fool myself or something but it's mostly watching my own game and and realize you know figuring out what i did well and didn't do well um it's easy as a goalie to know what you're supposed to do it's a lot harder to actually do it um so like an example of that would be like if someone, you know, shoots the ball, my stick side low where, you know, my 31 year old body struggles to get to at times. Like I know I should move my feet to make that save, but a lot of times I don't, I just throw my hands down at it. So like right. seeing it on film and actually saying, all right, well, you know, you did it, but you can actually see yourself doing it now. Like you gotta, you gotta improve that. Like that, mm-hmm. that's very helpful for me. Um, you know, I was watching film on other guys for a while, but, the guys in the MLR are just so good. And not, there's not too many tendencies. Like some guys have tendencies, and as soon as you think you know where they're going to shoot, they shoot it somewhere else. Right. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's a reason why you know they're, they're playing there as well. So, yeah. a lot of my film work is, is more concentrated on myself, uh, not as much so on other players, uh, and, and my my defense and team as well. So, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'll watch myself. I'll watch the way our defense plays. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give any feedback that I think would be constructive to our, our group. Um, you know, I, I, I think we, we've had a great group in New York, uh, you know, on defense for as long as I've been there. And the guys are always open to, you know, hearing thoughts and sharing opinions and talking matchups. So if I can ever chime in and add any, you know, anything constructive in those conversations, I try to as well. Right, right. Yeah, so that, that just... That just got me thinking. I, I didn't even think about an aspect of being a goalie that I probably should ask about. Um, you know, as a goalie, you're essentially, you know, you're you're the field general, right? You're you're the one that's looking at the offense, looking at the other defensive players in the field, and letting people know, you know, when to slide, where they should go, what's happening. You know, when people have their their heads looking the other way, what's happening? You know, on the other side of the field. How do you sort of approach? Um, how do you? I guess, how do you approach that position as a goalie, right? This is a broad general question, but, um, you know, how do you, how do you think about working with, uh, you know, the, the six other defensemen and, and making sure that you're sort of in, in control of the, uh, the situation on defense? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there, there's a, there's a bunch of different answers to that question. I think right. the goalies definitely looked at as like the field general and, um, you know, the more you can effectively communicate with your teammates, the better. Um, what what I've found, and again, knowing my strengths and weaknesses, um, there are definitely goalies playing that are better field generals than I am uh, in mm-hmm. terms of, hey, like, this is the strategy we need to implement here. This is, you know, how we should slide, how we should rotate. That That is not my strength. Right. Um, I think my strength or what I would like it to be and have kind of worked on it to be was like, more managing the personalities of the defense and, you know, knowing the guys that I'm playing with kind of what makes them tick when they want to hear something from me when they don't. Um, Because, you know, if you don't know who you're playing with, um, you know, and you don't respect those guys for what they bring to the table and kind of how they operate, then, you know, you maybe what I'm saying is not even having an effect on what they're doing. And I never wanted that to be the case. So, you know, we have great coaches, all the guys that I play with, um, especially this season on the losers are just like, you know, students of the game and, you know, don't necessarily need to hear it from me because they know it already. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, what I've tried to do is be more of like the leader on the field that, you know, brings guys together is, is positive. I definitely struggle with that at points, um, mm-hmm. you know, just being negative, giving up a goal and, you know, yelling at the defense um, right. at the time that just happens. And then I look back on it and like, I, I hate doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and you could ask the guys, but I think I've gotten better at that in, in recent, in recent <laughs> years, just cause I've become more aware of it. Um, right. cause it's really not product, you know, it's not helping the cause at all. Um, right. you know, so I've, I've tried to be more of that, not feel general when it comes to, you know, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. But that guy that brings the group together make sure the guys are on the same page or enjoying what, you know, enjoying playing, enjoying playing together trying to stay positive and just like, you know, set a good, a, a good example of what it looks like to be a good teammate from, from in the goal. Right, right, right. So, uh, I'm not sure if this is a good question to ask, but I've, I've personally always been curious about it. So let's say, uh, you know, there is a goal, uh, there's a goal scored against you. Um, you know, you huddle with the defense. Um, what are you guys typically talking about? What, what conversations are being had right there? It varies. I mean, there no two are probably the same. Mm-hmm. Um, at at times, it's strategic, and it's hey, they scored because we didn't do this, or we should do this next time. At times, it's complete confusion. Like you know, we should probably be talking about what to do, but we don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> and then there's times, uh, <laughs> and then there's times of just like you know hey, you know, we know we can do better. Let's do better. Let's get the next one. It's not the end of the world. We just, you know, we just gave up a goal. So conversations always vary. I, I think it's whether you whether you come together and say three words and, you know, don't really leave with anything, you know, to, to break the huddle with or, you know, you leave with, you know, something that's going to help on the next play. I think it's just important to get the guys together, you know, just to make sure, hey, we're, we're good. We're on the same page. Gotcha. Um you know, and, and we'll, 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 we'll live the fight another day. Right. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so walk us through a typical game day for you. What, what, what does that look like? It's uh you know, game on Saturday, Saturday morning. What's the rest of the day going to look like before game day? 
Yeah, well, it's different now because I'm in, in Philly and playing in Long Island. When I was living in New York City, I would come back to New York City Friday after our, our walkthrough and wake up in my own apartment, you know, and spend the morning with, with my wife and kind of stay in more of a normal routine. Now, uh, you know, commute, pretty much every game is an away game for me now. So even a home game, I'm, I'm coming from Philly to New York. So I'll stay over in the hotel on Friday and wake up and we'll, if we're at home, we'll do a walkthrough in the morning and then, um, you know, kind of have the rest of the day up leading up to the game to, uh, you know, to relax and do whatever we need. So usually now, uh, you know, I wake up and do, do the walkthrough where I'll, you know, I'll get a good warm up, won't take a ton of reps, um, try to get a good sweat and stretch in during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, come back, uh, you know, we all kind of, or try a group, group of guys at least will go and grab food and then I'll, I'll either just, you know, shut it down and take a little nap, uh, and, and not have to, you know, have, have my son who doesn't like to sleep through the night and maybe enjoy a little, uh, time to chill out or, um, more often than not, probably, um, get some work, work, um, you know, for things that I need to do during the week and, and utilize that, you know, Saturday afternoon to be productive and light, lighten the load a little bit in my, my regular life during the week, but, uh, not, not a ton of like preparation for the game on, on game day. Um, you know, we, I don't really watch much film day of the game. Um, you know, I try and, uh, you know, stay in as much of a normal routine as possible, you know, while of course being, you know, aware that, you know, there's a game that night that I've got to be ready to go and and play at. And then as the game gets closer, four o'clock or so is when it's full game mode and, you know, you're, you're kind of just focused on, on, on getting the field and preparing and, and going to play. Any superstitions, any, you know, pregame meal, anything like that? No, you know what? I've done my best not to, not to do that. Um, because I found myself like a few times I like, I almost wanted to have a superstition because I feel like everybody does. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I need to find what my superstition is going to be. Maybe this will be the shirt, you know, that I wear for every game or uh, I got to listen to this song and, like it's always proven otherwise. I'll wear the shirt for a game and we'll win. I'll wear, you know, say, oh, this is it. The next game, you know, I won't play well. And, you know, there goes, there goes that idea. So right, I right. haven't really had a, a real superstition. I think that's helped me. It's made me, you know, more, uh, more open to any, you know, situation that happens prior to a game. You know, the MLL, you know, you know, it's, it's pretty unpredictable in terms of, you know, what, what happens leading up to a game, whether, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're, you're staying at a hotel, a bus doesn't show up or the, you know, there's no radio in the locker room. It's, it's very hard to like get in a, in a rhythm playing in the MLL. So I've, uh, I've been able to kind of like embrace that and just understand that like, you know, no, I have no routine, whatever happens, happens, I'm going to go with it. And, you know, as soon as the, that game starts, I'm going to be ready to go. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right. Well, listen, Drew, uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, this has been a great conversation, but there's been one question that I've asked every guest who's come on the show. Uh, what are three things everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Sure. Um, this is the one question I, I prepared for. So I, <laughs> I, I didn't take notes, but I wrote down my three things. So gotcha. the, uh, my first one is read. So regardless of whether um, it, you're reading something related to your sport or something you're interested in, I, I love to read something every day. Um, or I listen to Audible now at times too, which is cool. I like to consume like some content in that fashion during the game I, or during the day. I feel like it just helps keep my, my mind fresh when, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to kind of get sucked into social media and, you know, going, going down that black hole. Um, you know, just, just getting in a routine where you're reading something, whether it's, you know, a website that you like, you know, online or a book, whatever it may be. Um, most of, most of what I read is, um, it's either related to, you know, something I'm doing in the business world or lacrosse or like, you know, self-help in some capacity. Um, so I think that that's something I really do try and do every day, even if it's just for a short period of time that I think is, is has been helpful for me. Um, the, the other thing is, is exercise. I think, uh, I know when I'm moving and exercising, I'm just, I'm just happier. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge gym rat. Uh, I never have been. I don't anticipate ever being, um, you know, the guy that's in there throwing around weights, you know, five days a week. Um, but I do, I need to, I need to be doing something active every day. 
um, whether it's playing some kind of sport or, you know, going to gym and getting, you know, with, with my type of workouts are a lot more body weight stuff and light weights and, and just something to get a good sweat and just, um, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of set, set the tone, um, for the day, whether, you know, regardless of whenever you're working out during the day. Um, and the last thing is, is, is uh, and this is something I've started doing more recently is, is talk to more of my, my peers. Um, like I love talking to my teammates during the week. We all go our separate ways, but you know, we have a group chat that keeps us connected, which, um, I don't, I don't really, uh, talk in a ton, but I read everyone. It's hilarious. Um, so I, I enjoy, I enjoy staying connected with the guys either, uh, as a group or, you know, individually, you know, just have got a ton of great relationships with guys in our team. And, um, you know, we'll oftentimes be able to talk with them during the week, uh, sometimes about the games and sometimes just about other things we've got going on uh, in life, um, you know, relationships or business stuff. Um, but being able to do that, talk, you know, I, I talk to Brian Doc a lot. Um, you know, that's usually lacrosse related, which is, which has been really helpful. But I, I just think that um, it helps, you know, kind of keep me, keeps me sharp, you know, and, and I like hearing other perspectives from guys and, you know, ultimately right. helps, I think make, make me a better person. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, listen, Drew, thanks so much for coming on. This was, this is a great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy we got a chance to do it. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon, but again, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Drew. I enjoyed watching you play and enjoy being your teammate and, um, congratulations on the great podcast. And, uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential, all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.